Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Hello, everybody. So it is the year of our Lord, approximately 2017, and I am at an Apex Christmas party, I think. The story's a little fuzzy in my brain. It's fine. The important parts are going to be there. Um, But I'm at an Apex staff Christmas party, and um, I'm at the point in my life where I've been playing a lot of Rocket League. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty good. And so I'm playing a lot of Rocket League. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty good. And I'm presented with an opportunity to play one-on-one with a Mr. Luke Hummel. And I think to myself, yes, easy. I will do that. And then I do, and I crush him, and he looks like a silly little boy. Um, (laughs) Let's fast forward to the year 2021, the year of our Lord. Um, in my own home, minding my own business, when someone casually brings up the fact that I should, again, face Luke Hummel one-on-one in Rocket League. And I think to myself, well, I haven't really been playing a lot of Rocket League because of Call of Duty and because of Hades. And, um, but I think, you know what? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So I do it. I say yes. And I sit down. I grab my pro controller. And I'm staring at the screen. The countdown comes on. He goes like, beep, 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 beep. You know, that happens. He simply destroys me. Easy. It's, it's over. Within the first 10 seconds, he scores. He does it over and over again. He's flying off the walls. He normally uses a mouse and keyboard. He's using a controller. I thought I'd have the advantage. No, he destroys me. And then I look like the silly little boy um, this time. Um, Luke had spent four years of his life just playing Rocket League to come back to beat me. And he did. And it was insane. And it was absolutely insane. Four years. And um, then I turned out to be a stupid little boy, and that is, that is it. I'm sure if we went around the room, a lot of us would have some embarrassing stories of time, times when our pride got the better of us, right? Like times that you were maybe talking trash before a game, and then you went into the game, and you really wish you didn't talk any trash because it went terribly, terribly wrong, or you decided that you should be really cool and like, you know, like walk around like a cool guy in front of like whoever was there, like maybe you wanted to impress some girl or some guy, and then it turns out that your you know, zipper was down or you had some food on your face, and now you're just going to be remembered as the guy with food on your face for the rest of your life. So there are times when everyone has dealt with pride because pride is something that we all have struggled with, will struggle with, or are currently struggling with. Like It's, it's, it's going to be in our lives. Pride is a thing that's going to be around. And um, so we all have pride at times, right? So look to your neighbor and say, IPSW. IPSW. Yeah, look to your neighbor and say, IPSW. IPSW. I'm prideful, so what? That's what it means. So that's what you just said. I'm prideful, so what? Um, Well, let me tell you about it. If you are a Jesus follower in the room, the Bible has a lot to say about pride. Let's let's highlight three verses here. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Okay, so maybe immediately we shouldn't be prideful because God's like, I'm going to oppose you. So that seems rough. Um, Psalms 75, 4 says, I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Okay, so then again, he's straight out telling us, like, just don't. Easy. Um, and then Jesus says this in Mark 7, there's verses 20 and 23. It says, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. Guys, pride? In the same list with murder. Neat, right? That's a cool little fun thing. It's the same list as murder, so maybe we should care about pride a little bit. Um, so, and I think we can see that, like, as a Jesus follower, the Bible is clearly telling us that we should have our pride under control and that it's important 
to have our pride and control. So one thing I want you guys to remember tonight, walk away with anything, just remember this. You should sit down, be humble, and learn. Tonight we are going to focus on the historical figure of uh, Uzziah. He is, or he was, I'm sorry, he's dead. May he rest in peace. Um, he was the king in Judah who started his reign at the ripe old age of 16. Anybody 16 in here? Anybody? Faith is 16. She's now crowned king because that was the age of this guy. So young king, but he, we'll read about him in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. That's where we're going to be if you have your Bible. Open that guy up. Why not? Um, verse 3, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. What he did was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father, Amaziah, had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. First thing I want to point out here is that there's a lot of ayahs. It's just filled with this, so just be prepared for how many ayahs are in this story. Um, Secondly, we learned a lot about Uzziah here, right? He was a really chill guy, it seems like. He was doing what was pleasing in God's sight. He sought God, and it says that he was taught to fear God. Now, fearing God is a super churchy word, right? We say it all the time. I'm sure you've heard it. People are saying it all over the place. Fear God, fear God, fear God. I mean, it's everywhere. Everybody's saying it. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but everybody's saying it. Um, What does it actually mean, though, to fear God? Well, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, so it feels like another important thing that we should know. Like, what does it actually mean to fear God? Because We want to have some wisdom, and if it's the beginning of wisdom, we need to understand what fearing God is. So now, it's time for another mm, DDDD, which is uh, Dave's definition, deep dive, obviously, featuring Martin Luther, not King Jr. So here we go. Hmm, here we go. So Martin Luther um, was a very famous, like, uh, he was a professor of theology in Germany. Um, A lot of the things that we believe today came from him, you know, the 95 Thesis. There's a whole ordeal. Um, Pastor Chris is married to Sam because of him, basically. So there's a lot going on. He normalized that before him, you weren't allowed to get married. So it's a big ordeal. So it's a true fact. Uh, not, not a leap. Okay, so I wasn't ready for Sam to start bantering back. I just I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> so this guy says, Martin Luther says that there are two kinds of fear. He says that there is servile and there is, um, I can never say this word, guys. There is servile and there is one called uh, filial. Filial. That's the one. And I will mess it up every single time. So filial. So servile is the type of fear that like a prisoner has towards a jailer who is torturing them or like a slave would have towards their master. Um, It's the type of fear that you you feel when something bad is going to happen to you. Like this person something bad is going to happen, right? And I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert here. This is not the fear we're talking about when we're talking about fearing God. That's not the way that we're going to, that's not the way this is. Um, we are actually, when we're talking about the fear of God, we are talking about the other one, which is... Yep, that's the one. Yep. And uh, this is actually a Latin word and is where we get the concept of our English word for family. Um, This is the kind of fear um, that a kid has towards like a really good parent. Um, The fear that comes from not wanting to disappoint. It means that you have a lot of respect and you don't want to offend the other person. So when we have fear for God, it means that we are afraid to disappoint him because we see him as a source of love, secure insecurity, and we want to honor and respect him. That's the type of fear that we're talking about when we say when we fear God. 
because he's a loving and gracious God, and we shouldn't have any like fear or anxiety that something bad's going to happen to us because of him, right? Because the Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So really, we don't have to worry about God doing bad things to us because he's a good God and he wants good things for us. So that's not the type of fear that we're talking about when we say fear of God. So now that we know about fear of God, let's just jump back into it. And you can see that Uzziah was taught by Zechariah to fear God because a healthy fear of God isn't going to come easy. It's something that we have to learn. It's something that we have to be taught because our natural self isn't going to have a respect for God right away. It's not going to have this healthy fear of God right away because it's not in our, our, our nature. Our nature is to run the other way and to be disrespectful towards God. So we have to sit our pride down and say, hey, we are going to fear God. We are going to put God first and your pride isn't going to like it because it's a learning process and it takes a lot of humility because we have to admit, like, I don't exactly know what I'm doing here and your pride doesn't like it. So we should all be like Uzziah, sit down, be humble, and learn to fear God. So we're going to jump back into Second Chronicles. We're going to be in chapter 26 the whole time. We're basically going to read the whole thing. Um, I'm going to sum up verses 6 through 8 for you because when we left Uzziah, he was seeking God, he was fearing God, and then God was like, hey, I'm going to bless you now because you're doing all these cool things for me. And he's like, sick. Let's go to battle. So he goes to war a bunch, and he defeats a bunch of people, and then all these people are sending him money. He's becoming famous across basically what is the known world at that time. Um, after he fights all these battles, he starts to build like really cool fortified towers around. Um, he builds huge farms with cisterns, which means like people don't have to like run all over the place for water, which was a big deal at the time. So he wasn't really worrying about food. He wasn't worrying about water. He has all these fortified cities up. Like God's doing really cool things because he is seeking God, fearing God, and putting him first. So that's what's going on in Uzziah's life. Um, this next part is um, I love, and I think it's really cool because I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I love books like Lord of the Rings and The Wheel of Time, like pretty much any fantasy series I'm here for. So when the Bible talks about armor, I get very excited. Um, 2 Chronicles 26, verses 12 through 15, it says this. These regiments of mighty warriors were commanded by 2,600 clan leaders. The army consisted of 307,500 men, all elite troops, these were prepared to assist the king against any enemy. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and sling stones. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones from the towers in the corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very powerful. So basically, what we're reading here he was one of the coolest guys ever. Like, there was a lot going on for this guy. He had 300,000 elite warriors, like an army that was just, like, there for him. He's like, yeah, let's go attack these guys. And 300,000 people were like, yeah, let's go. We have a bunch of spears and shields and sweet towers. He probably had more ducks than Pastor Chris can ever imagine. Um, and this verse said that his fame spread far and wide. So he had, like, I don't know, like, 3 million TikTok followers and, like, 500 million Instagram followers. Like, he was a big, big deal. And this was all because... The Lord gave him marvelous help. That's the important part of that verse. The Lord gave him marvelous help. He became very powerful and he owed it all to God. Sometimes when everything is going really, really well for us, like uh, we're praying all the time, we're reading our Bible, we're starting Bible clubs, um, we're getting into schools, we're getting to heat level 20 in Hades, um, getting selected for special school projects, maybe finding a new job, making new friends, moving. W whatever the good thing is that's happening, we have this little voice inside of us that will try to take credit for when things are going really well. It's going to try to take credit for the things that God has been doing in your life. And it's when you start to listen to that little something inside you, 
you'll start to believe it. If you listen to it for long enough, you'll start to actually believe that everything good is a result of you being awesome instead of the awesomeness of God shining through you. Listen to what I just said there because it's important. It's a, little, it's a, it's a nuance that you should hear. You're allowed to be proud of what you've accomplished. Um, in fact, you really you should be proud. But your pride isn't based on you. It's not, look what I did with my own strength. It's, look what I did with God's strength working through me. It's just like this important little nuance that shifts the focus from you to God. It says, you know, don't look at me, look at God. I did this cool thing, but whoop, it was actually God. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. So when we let our pride take over and the focus shifts to us, things can go very wrong. Um, and Uzziah, guess what, guys? He's a perfect example of this. Imagine that. Second, Second Chronicles 26, verses 16 through 18. We're going to pick back up here. This is, this is the rest of his story. Well, most of it. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, um, which led to his downfall. Yikes. Uh, he sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Another ayah. Here we are. This guy. Um, oh, gosh. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn the incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who are set apart for this work. Get out of this sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. So the story of Uzziah takes place in the Old Testament, and this is way before the time of Jesus. So way before the time that Jesus came to earth to die on the cross, to close the separation that sin had made between us and God. So at this time, God still, there's a separation there, and God was like, okay, only certain people can come to the temple, and after like washing and there's like a ceremony, then those people get to walk up to the separation that sin caused and commune with me. Only a certain amount of people. Uzziah knew this. He like grew up in this. He knew exactly what the problem was with him going into the temple. And what's really cool about this story is that God shows grace to Uzziah. Because normally in this type of situation, God would have just immediately crisped the bro with lightning. Yeah, crisped him immediately. The second he walked into there, he'd have been like, you're dead. Simply. That's exactly what would be going on. And um, he doesn't do that. In fact, he sends someone, and God is showing grace to Uzziah instead of just immediately killing him. He's giving him an opportunity to see what he's done wrong and to repent. Today, God will always offer us grace. We just have to be humble enough to let ourselves be called out and to respond to it. And God will do this in a couple of ways. He'll get our attention in a couple of different ways, um, especially you know, when we're in the wrong. Most of the time, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that convicts you. Um, he's going to do this in a lot of ways. He can do it through music. He can do it through someone preaching to you or teaching. He can do it when you're reading your Bible. Or sometimes when you hear that little voice in your head and it's like you know, your conscience, that's really just the Holy Spirit saying like, hey, don't do that. Like, don't, don't sin against me. And then it's our job to respond to that little voice. It's our job to say, to like humble ourselves and say, oh no, I did something wrong. And then to repent. But sometimes it is going to be hard because especially if we're prideful, we're not going to see the sin in our lives because our pride won't let us see it. That's the weird thing about pride is that it will blind us to the sin in our lives. And it's at this point that God is going to send someone. Most of the time, he sends someone to you, um, just like he did to Uzziah. Um, 
when we are confronted with sin in our lives, we will probably feel a little bit angry, right? Because this is the most embarrassing way to be confronted about your sins. Having someone come up to you, most of the time it's going to be like a really close friend or uh, a pastor or a small group leader. Someone's going to come up to you and confront you about your sin. And it is the worst way because it's the most embarrassing way. Um, and you're probably going to feel anger because anger is actually a secondary emotion. We feel angry to cover up our vulnerable feelings. So when someone confronts you with sin in your life, the first thing that's actually going to happen is you're going to feel probably humiliated or you're going to feel you know, upset, like, oh no. But then you're probably going to turn to anger. Um, that is, we'll see. This is exactly what Uzziah, um, Uzziah did. But we have to push past our anger, push past those feelings and just repent. Say, hey God, I hear you talking, I hear what's happening. So we need to sit down, be humble, and learn to repent. And we ask God for forgiveness. So we can either ask God for forgiveness or we can let pride take us on a ride that usually ends in destruction. Again, this isn't going to come naturally because our human nature isn't going to, is going to want to get angry. And our human nature is stubborn and it's not going to want to do anything except keep sinning and to be like, no, I was right, it's fine. Um, because that's what our pride does. <laughs> our pride makes us think we're better than God. But we just have to remember to sit down, be humble, and to learn. So don't let pride blind you. Repent often and quickly, and the best way to learn to do that is just to do it all the time. Make it a habit in your life just to be repenting, repenting. Every single time you do something wrong, you know it, you immediately repent. But let's check back in with Uzziah to see, I already gave you a spoiler, to see what he does. Um, he gets confronted, he's told that he's sinning, and to leave, and this is what happens next. Second Chronicles 26, 19 says, Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there, raging at the priests before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. So like, leprosy isn't great. Um, it's like a deadly skin disease. And back in the day, it means that you would get like sent away. <laughs> and you just like go to a town with other people with leprosy and die alone. Uh, it was really cool. Um, not good for Uzziah though. Um, not a great, not great ending to his story there. Um, sadly. Um, but yeah, that's how he, it ends for him. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Neat. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Instead of sitting down and being humble, he decided that he would stand up, be prideful, yell at some priests, and then get leprosy. It was a bad plan on his part. His pride for, prevented him from seeing that God was trying to help him. Because remember, sin is just missing the mark on what God knows is best for your life. So all God was trying to do in that moment was help him. He's like, hey man, this isn't good. I want to help you do what's right. I want to help you survive in a, in a way that is, is good. I want you to help thrive. And he was just like, no, I know what's right. And then boom, leprosy hit. Uh, not great. And, and, and I'm, not gonna, I'm not telling you right now that every single time you mess up, you're going to get like leprosy or some type of like awful disease. That's not, that's not really how God works anymore, especially. Um, and I don't ever think that way. I think uh, a lot of people will sometimes think like, you know, uh-oh, this person got sick. I wonder what was going on. That's not what's happening, guys. We live in a fallen world, so sometimes sickness just happens. So don't ever think that if you're going through a hard time, God's punishing you. That's not true. Um, sometimes it is. <laughs> there's, a, there's a nuance there, though. Um, you'll be able to see it in your life. But yeah, if it's like a sickness, God's not punishing you guys. He is, we just live in a fallen world, and things won't be better until were in heaven. So I'm not saying that God is going to smite you with leprosy, but what I am saying is this. Uh, Proverbs 11, 2 says, pride leads to disgrace. Some translations say destruction, um, but with humility comes wisdom. Over and over again in God's word, we see the prideful being rebuked and punished and the humble being praised and exalted. 
Just remember all those verses we talked about at the very beginning, you know, from James and Psalms and in Mark. And we see it over and over again because pride is always destructive. And God doesn't love that for you. I think we see it a lot. We're seeing it a lot in our culture right now. Um, inside of what like, people would call like, cancel culture, I think. Um, cancel culture is, sometimes goes too far, but a lot of the times, it's just prideful people getting called out on their pride. They thought they would get away with this forever because they thought they were the best, and now they're getting called out. Your pride, it will get called out eventually. Your secret sin will come to light eventually. It says it in the Bible, and we can see it happening over and over and over again in our lives. So, we want to make sure that pride doesn't blind us. We want to make sure that we are humble enough to repent. Unlike Uzziah, who then ended his life with leprosy. Yikes. Okay, so how do we remain humble, right? That's a great question. Now that we know, uh-oh, it's bad to be prideful, right? And everyone's feeling really good about leprosy. How do we remain humble? Look to your neighbor and say, how? 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 Good question, guys. What a good question. Thank you for asking it. Guess what? I have... Uh, some answers. So let's go back to the story of Uzziah before he was TikTok famous and before he had a huge farm and big armies. What was he doing, right? What was he doing before he had everything, before he became powerful? He was seeking after God and he had a healthy fear of God, right? He was taught to fear God. So step one to being humble is to sit down, simply be humble and learn to fear God. Well, what does that look like? Well, it's all the classics, guys. How do we learn to fear God? You spend time with Jesus, you read the Bible, and you pray. You're doing that 10 and 10. And I challenge you guys to like actually do your 10 and 10 and see what happens. I know it's easy to be like, I did it you know, two days this week. And like, that's, that's better than nothing. But I challenge you to try to like every single day this week, see what happens. Between now and next week, every single day, read your Bible for 10 minutes, pray for 10 minutes. And I'll tell you, you'll feel the difference in how much easier it is to listen to the Holy Spirit, to respond and to repent. Every, I promise you everything will feel different when it comes to like your spirituality and your walk with Jesus. It is crazy. You're just spending time with him and it will help most things. So have a healthy respect that makes you want to do your best for God. And when you're spending time with God, it's really hard to be prideful. So spend time with him more. Step two, sit down, simply be humble and learn to repent. Get into the habit of repentance. And I keep saying learn because you're, like I said before, you're not going to just simply repent. you got to learn. This is something you're going to learn, something you're going to do over and over and over again. Make it a part of your prayers. You know, we, we, we talked about, when we talked about directions of your prayers, one of them was repentance, right? You prayed, I believe it was down, and that was praying down, bowing our heads down to repentance. That was part of your my daily prayer. Just saying, hey, God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. Um, and just listen for the voice of God to do it. And, and repent as quickly as possible and as often as you can. So like, if you realize that you're starting to gossip and you're like in the middle of it, you're like, oh, dang it, stop, repent. You don't have to say it out loud if people are around. You can just do this in your head because you might seem like a crazy person if you're doing it out loud. But you can just say it in your head and be like, hey, God, I'm sorry I was gossiping. Please help me not to do that next time. And then you move on. Every single time that you feel like, oh, it's like, oh no, that was wrong what I just did. Stop immediately, repent, and move on. Stop, repent move on. So that's it. Sit down, be humble, learn to repent. And remember that repentance means that you're going to try and do better the next time you're faced with that situation, right? Don't just keep repenting for the same things and, but without asking God to help you. Don't just be like, oh, sorry, I did that thing again. Oh, did it again. Oops, I did it again. Like part of repenting is putting a, like a plan in place to stop sinning over and over again. So if that means someone has to lock up your phone, someone's going to lock up your phone. If that means that you have to stop hanging out with those friends that make those inappropriate jokes or hurtful jokes, maybe that's what you're going to have to do. Stop, 
repent, move on. So step three, here we go. Step three is sit down, be humble, and learn who you are. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are sons and daughters of the God who created the universe. And he wants us to thrive. He wants us to have full lives, not easy lives, but lives that would never that we would never be able to have without him. Lives that we won't be able to take pride in ourselves for because we knew it was only because of God that our life is the way it is right now. When we remember that we are God's and that everything good comes from him, it'll help us reframe our thinking from prideful thinking of ourselves to humbly setting our focus on God and being just grateful all the time. It's also important for you to remember who you are because you are not special. Said it. I'll say it again. You are not special. I know it sounds super harsh, but it's true. You are not special. And listen to what I'm saying here. It's because God loves every single person in this room the exact same amount. He loves everyone the exact same amount. And, if, and that means, it also means that you aren't special. And if God can use other people to do cool stuff for him, if he can use other people to spread his kingdom and spread his word, that means he gets to use you too because you aren't special. This is something that I struggle with a lot. Like, I'll be like, okay, God, I know you want me to do this thing, but like, I've messed up before. Like, you don't understand like the anxiety that goes on in my brain. Like, you don't understand. And I keep telling him like, oh, I just really can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. What I'm saying is that I think I'm so special that the God that created the universe can't use me. And that's like secret pride. Uh, It's like a pride we don't talk about a lot, but it's secretly pride to think that, uh uh-oh, I'm so special that God can't use me. No. You're not special. God can use every single person in this room because he, used, he loves every single one of you the exact same amount. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God, and that is something that you can take pride in. So sit down, be humble, and learn who you are. And let's all remember the best example of humility in laying down pride. And that was Jesus, right? Jesus stepped down. He was like a king in heaven, and he came down to be a man because God is love, and our sin was separating us from God. So Jesus came down, he died on the cross, and he rose from the grave so that we can close the separation because of that. All we have to do is say, hey, I believe in you, Jesus, and give Jesus our lives, and then he's going to send the Holy Spirit down to help us live for him. He's going to send the Holy Spirit down to help us know when to repent, know how to be humble so that pride doesn't get in the way and ruin our lives. So let's, let's all pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that you give us the opportunity to repent, that you don't just immediately say, hey, you're done because you messed up. I thank you so much that none of us are special. I thank you for that. I thank you that you love all of us equally and that we can all do something cool for you. So I pray that right now you help us to be humble. You help us to learn to fear you in a healthy way. You help us to learn how to repent daily, and you help us to remember who we are, that we are yours, and that everything you say about us will be true. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. 